So today is one of those days where, like, you remember in high school or, or, or college where, like, it was such nice weather outside that the teacher or professor would just be like, you know what, let's just have class outside. I wish we could do that. Like, you know what, let's just record the podcast outside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's been uh, a nice break from the cold spell that we had, though I, I'm glad the winter was as harsh as it was because the last few were eerily mild so i think uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know why uh but you know couldn't imagine couldn't imagine so it it's it's felt more like the seasons of of old of of yonder that we that we experienced growing up is yonder before or after oh maybe i don't know maybe it'll be in the future too so who knows (laughs) hey (laughs) time is a flat circle so i will say this could be full spring though so don't don't get don't get fooled by the spring. No, just uh, just in, just enjoy what you can of this day. But by the time you guys hear it, it's gonna be a week after today. So who it's knows? Be two weeks knows after today. Wait, is it? I uh, I kind of <laughs> I kind of stopped doing the weeks thing because now <laughs> I know, now I it's, know. it's too far away from me. Listen, we oh, we live man. busy lives. We gotta record when we can. We got a little advanced yeah. time in. It's been working out so. Yeah, it has been. And just when I checked my calendar on my computer, it was 3.33 and 33 seconds. So thank you for making me look. Yeah, you're welcome. I got my first COVID vaccine shot dose. Nice. Dose, right? Yes, dose. Yeah, first dose of two. Yes, they uh, they, they gave me the, the Moderna vaccine. It nice. was uh it was it was interesting, but you know it wasn't the the hell uh, that a lot of other people have had to go through. So I was just thankful for that. It was a pretty simple and straightforward process. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I heard the second dose. Usually, most people get uh, a lot a big reaction to. So can't wait, can't fucking wait. Yeah, <laughs> it, feel, it feels like you have COVID, and uh, hypothetically speaking, it's I hear it's pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, you've, you've known people, you know, personally who, who have had it. And uh, yes. yeah, like even even like just having it in general, I've heard like is it's not like, you know, the, the symptoms are so varied. There are some people who have such a mild case and then there are some people who have like a very severe case. And like right. it goes beyond just like, you know, the, the standard flu symptoms that, that we're normally told about. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, I also heard if you did have COVID that you might get a really bad reaction to the shot as well. But, you know, I feel like they don't really have uh, like concrete details on any of this stuff. You, you hear one thing and then you hear another. So who knows, I guess, until you until you experience it yourself, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that pissed me off was that they, they gave me like a sheet uh, that said like, all right, you know, this has not been proven to prevent COVID-19. This is an emergency use, uh, the blah, blah, blah. And, I, yep. and that pissed me off so bad because like, I don't know, I guess I heard somewhere in the past that it was emergency use, but seeing it on paper, just as I was about to get it injected into me, I was like, man, like they really could have paid us to stay home. And instead they're like, no, the economy is so important that not only are we going to throw working class bodies at this virus, but we're going to give them an emergency you know, approved vaccine when, whereas it normally takes at least a couple years to get a, to get a good vaccine for something. We're just going to I mean, I, I agree with you to an extent. Obviously we've talked about it, that, you know, they want to open the economy, but like we're a year later and we would be years away from an actually FDA approved vaccine. So are you going to, are you just going to have everybody stay home and do nothing for five years? You can't, right. You got to get this vaccine out as quickly as possible. And that's why 
pretty much the whole world is, is using it at this point or, or using other vaccines. So, you know, while I, I wish we could wait to see what it's going to be, I, I don't think they really have a choice at this point. Well, Tyler, I would say that after, you know, at least a couple of months of, of people being able to not be at risk of, of COVID-19, the numbers would severely drop in the first place. And that would be a step towards something, even without a concrete like vaccine within the next, uh, you know, like you said, five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know Roughly. where you stand on it. Everyone else knows where you stand on it and where I stand on it. So, you know, we've spoken about it. But yeah, that that kind of. That pissed me off. I was like, fuck you guys. Fuck the government. I was just, <laughs> I mean, um, it's better. I guess it's better to at least be getting a vaccine than to be like, listen, don't worry about it. It's like the flu, you know, because that's what they were doing in the beginning. Yeah. By the time they find out about a lot of the like really severe down the line side effects, I'll probably be dead. So whatever. well, the good, the good news is that um, it's actually going to turn us all into uh, X-Men characters. The bad news is we're all going to look like Beast. Oh, that's okay. So that's not terrible if we all look like Beast. I thought you were going to say this, and this scared me more because we're all going to be turned into X-Men characters, but we're all gold balls. Dude, gold balls is the man. I've only ever seen him in one thing, and it was, he's like, oh, these balls are so gold. It it turns out his his powers powers are like way more powerful than what they originally were. I can't even remember what he does now, but it's like, I think he like, uh, I don't know, he like throws like eggs that, people can be reborn from or something like that. So it turned out to be gold balls was the strongest of them all. Wow. I wonder if he gets to a mega level. I'll have to check out comics explained on YouTube. Um, But before we do that, I want to tell you all about our latest review. That's right. Thank you so much to Benny and the Jets who left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And you can do the same if you want your review read aloud at the top of the podcast. Here we go from Benny and the Jets. A review titled, Was I a Neoliberal Shill? Great podcast. Had I listened to this four to six years ago, I probably would have gotten bent out of shape about your socialist stances. Instead, I find myself nodding in agreement with y'all the majority of the time. The only thing, I'd never heard y'all come out of my mouth like that. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, this is me now. I text it all the time, and now that I've said it out loud, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. The only thing I'd like to hear is a bit more academic or theoretical framework when you quote-unquote shoehorn in a theme. And he's, uh, sorry, Benny and the Jets, they're both, or all of you, or just one of you, you're using my words. I always say I shoehorn in themes because I undercut myself. (laughs) I think there was a great opportunity in your latest podcast when you started talking about credit scores to give us more than just a surface-level understanding of these themes. Keep up the good work. And, um, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say yeah. check the show notes and sources, but I have been slacking on those lately. I didn't say that's kind of where we, I think we, we put more of that information, but, uh, but not lately. So <laughs> you got us. Yeah, you got us. No, uh, no, that, that, that is really a great point. You know, I think part of it is, uh, is just, you know, sometimes we bring up themes that, that we've mentioned in previous podcasts, like, uh, like fast color, um, from last week we mentioned generational trauma and kind of didn't really expound upon it that much because we'd already discussed in earlier podcast, but you, you're absolutely correct. I have only mentioned the credit score thing once. So uh, I'll throw it in the show notes and sources for that episode. As soon as I remember which one it was, and then I'm going to, uh, and then I think we'll, we'll have to talk about it at, uh, at another point in a different uh, episode because it's definitely bound to come up with the stuff we review. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we both kind of just learned about the origin of it uh, within the last month or two, right? So it was it's kind of new for us too, but I think it is helpful for people to understand 
why the DAX so stacked, stacked against us in future generations. So yeah, why not, right? We should definitely talk about it. Yes, but when we don't, I'm going to quote your QAnon red pill to uncle and say, do your own research. <laughs> no, but, uh, thank you so much, Benny and the Jets. That was a great review. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and with that, Ty, do you want to bring in the theme music? Yeah, let's bring it on in. Never heard the themes of our own podcast. Nope. I can't wait. I can't wait until we hang out, and I'm gonna be like, dude, listen to this awesome song, and then I'm gonna be, (laughs) it's gonna be like, all right, bring the theme. (laughs) I'm like, this is shit. Who created this? This is horrible. Yeah, I often think that too. That's why I don't listen to the podcast often. Oh. Welcome back to the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of your favorite faux representation children's movies on Disney Plus and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your co-host, Mike Booch, a.k.a. the Soy Boy Pseudo-Intellectual, and in the second seat, as always, is my co-host, Ty. Howdy. And I want to remind you all that if you're listening on YouTube to like and subscribe to our channel, like the video you're listening to, subscribe to the channel, that way you never miss one. Or if you're listening to us on another podcatcher of choice, just remember you can listen to us anywhere and make sure to leave us a review so that way we can read it at the top of the podcast and it really helps out in the algorithm and it's a way that you can support the podcast free of charge. And um, today we are reviewing what movie, Ty? Soul. That's right, Soul. Soul. 2020 Disney Plus uh this was this was a uh, a home release right this was a covid time uh it was originally going to be um a theatrical release but i believe they actually had a finished production in quarantine uh post production and then they they released it on Disney Plus cuz they figured why not right um and the surprising thing though was it was not a premium movie like they've been doing with uh, i think Mulan uh Ray and the Dragon like you, you didn't have to pay anything extra if you had Disney Plus Soul was available to you. So that was kind of a nice bonus. Yeah, now that you mention it, I really want to watch Raya and the Last Dragon or yeah. Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't know which one is pronounced because I haven't seen the movie. Same. I don't really watch the trailers, but um, I don't want to watch it $30 bad, you know? Yeah, I'm like, damn, you can rent a new movie on Amazon for like 20 right? And they're charging 30 bucks that on Disney Plus. I'm like, wow. Yeah, and that's like a brand new movie you can rent from Amazon. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what did you think about this movie before you saw it? Did you have any, uh, preconceptions as to what it might be? Nothing. I knew nothing about it. I knew it was about a, uh, it had the first African-American male, uh, lead African-American lead and he died. That's all I knew. So, uh, going into it, I was like, I don't know. We'll see. I actually got to watch it twice. Luckily I watched it when it first came out and then I I rewatched it before we recorded this podcast. yeah, so I, I did the same. I watched it once, but it was on New Year's Eve. I wasn't uh, really in the, you know, in a, in a frame of mind to be paying that much attention to it. Mm. And uh, and then, yeah, I watched it throughout the week. As us folks do nowadays, we watch movies in parts. Uh, <laughs> I think it's yeah. something that happens after you hit 30. And yep. you just start watching movies in parts. It took me three nights to watch this the second time. Three well, nights. It took me three days to watch it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we haven't talked about it. Either. It's not even that long. Like I was it's like, not. oh, I got 40 minutes done. All right, cool. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> like, like, Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I thought I thought this was going to be Black Coco. <laughs> and um, 
It was not. Now, no, it was I, not. I, yeah, now, once again, same thing with Raya and the Last Dragon. I had seen trailers on TV in passing, but I didn't really go out of my way to be like, all right, what is this movie about? But um, but that was kind of it. And uh, I, I was off. It was definitely not Black Coco. Well, I think this is what's interesting is like it's kind of what a lot of racists or conservatives kind of like criticize uh, like something like Coco for and be like, why does it have to be all about the fact that they're Hispanic, right? Like, why can't he just be like Hispanic? So like this movie's like he just happens to be black, right? But it's really not about being black or or much about doing that, just about the story and that main character happens to be black. So I feel like they were trying to uh, appease a certain group of people there while also being like, hey, look, it's Pixar's first, you know, black main character. Yeah, that was that was rough. Uh, but you know what else is rough? Listening to us discuss this movie without <laughs> knowing that there's a spoiler alert coming. So guess what, everybody? Set your eyes to the great beyond or get involved in something and go to the zone. And when you're in it, you'll hear the spoiler. Warning. That means that if you don't want to know detailed plot spoilers, maybe detailed, we'll see how deep we go, uh, for the rest of this podcast about Soul, then go watch Soul uh, before before you listen to the rest of this podcast. But now that the spoiler warning is out there, I can hear the buttery baritones of my best bud, Ty. Please give him the plot. Soul, after landing the gig of a lifetime, a New York jazz pianist suddenly finds himself trapped in a strange land between Earth and the afterlife. A near jazz pianist? Oh, a New York jazz pianist. Sorry. Yes, a New York jazz pianist. I thought it said near for a sec, and I was like, I was like, yo, fuck IMDb. I like, know, they're being such dicks about it. I was like, man, they're just like his mom, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, get a real job, loser. God. He didn't learn anything. Now, th- there is one thing I want to say at the top, and I want to say this because um, 2020 has been an interesting year for me. Uh, I used to be of the mindset that you could really only love something or 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 hate something. And that was it. And if you loved something, anytime someone criticized it, and I don't mean like an actual person, I mean a movie, I mean a TV show, I mean a song, a band. Anytime right. someone criticizes it, you take it as a personal attack. And um and I I want to thank all of the shitty politicians that that are are working for the United States government because they have shown me that bad people can do good things, good people can do bad things that, you know, you really should just take what you like from something and then and and be aware of the bad things also, you know. So so that's what I'm doing with the art that I'm interested in. And I have I actually have a lot of I don't know if they're great things to say about this movie, but there there are moments of this movie that fucking hit me hard. Like yeah. this is really an existential uh, roller coaster ride. But uh, there is something I want to bring up at the top, and you'll find it in the show notes and sources, which will be up today when it comes out. All right, so Benny and your Jets, all of y'all can get together, go to the show notes page today, Friday, March, <laughs> March nineteenth, <laughs> Friday, March nineteenth. Yes. And you will see, uh, you you will see all of our show notes caught up in addition to this one. But in the show notes, we have an article, uh, and it's it's titled um, "Representation Without Transformation," and it brings up the idea that every time Disney has had a person of color in the lead of their films, they always end up being turned into something else that's not a person of color. Now, you've seen a lot more Disney than I have growing up. Mm-hmm. Is that is that something you, you've you noted, something you could back up? What do you feel about that? That's, you're coming for your brand, dog. There's, there's, so, <laughs> there's so few people of color in Disney movies that uh, 
I, I would say probably, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I, I don't think there's really too much accurate representation. Co- that's why I think I like Coco so much, because Coco, I think, did a really good job of being uh, you know, a good representation and telling a good story. I, I mean, I love that film. I think it's great. So, uh, But a lot of other Disney films, Pixar films, not really. So they actually bring up Coco in this article. I'm going to read a few a few moments from this article, but it'll be in the show notes and sources. It's from Tor.com. To understand what Soul has taken, we need to look back at the American animated movies I've been given over the last three decades. When I was growing up in the 90s, there were a few major films that championed diversity on screen. Aladdin, Pocahontas, and Mulan all featured uh, characters of color in their lead roles. Their stories were creative, inspiring, and funny. Although they weren't overly concerned with accurate representation and storytelling, these diverse stories showed me how life might be for people that didn't look like me. They gave me a little more insight into cultures I hadn't seen depicted in the media before. Through their stories, I understood more about the world I lived in. And they, uh, the writer mentions at the beginning that they are uh, Andrew Tejada. Yeah, he's, he's black and Puerto Rican, so, so he mentions that at the beginning. He says, while characters like... While black characters like Frozone from The Incredibles were, wait for it, cool, they were frequently cast as side characters in someone else's story. When would I get to see someone like me take the lead at an animated role? Disney promised to answer my question in 2009. The House of Mouse announced that an African-American woman named Tiana would star in a princess film. After waiting for nearly 20 years, I was finally going to see a black person take the lead in a major studio cartoon on the big screen. And they turned her into a frog. All right, that's enough from the article. But the the writer goes on to to talk about, you know, um that there was actually a lot in Princess and the Frog around Tiana's character that would have been great storytelling, but they didn't explore it because she turned into a frog. You know, right. they talk about um about even even Miguel in in Coco, they say which he says is pitch perfect, which I I believe Coco is a pitch perfect film. Um, you know, starts transforming into a skeleton around 28 minutes in. He isn't fully human again until about an hour later. And I didn't think about that, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess you got a point. Um, you know, Will Smith in that in that spy movie turns into a pigeon. Um, you know, Cusco, the an Incan emperor, turns into a llama. And right. at that, Cusco is played by David Spade, so do with that mm. what you will. Um, you know, but we also see that they continue in this movie the the trend of the lead character Joe. Um, he is honestly now. I'm wondering if he's the lead. Like I know technically well, he is because he, here's a little bit him. of trivia for you. Ooh, he was it. actually not the lead originally. It was going to be 22, and the movie was about 22 trying to find the purpose to get to Earth or figure out what what she was going to do uh, and. They bring in Joe to kind of help inspire her. But while they were writing it, they decided to flip that on its head and make Joe the main character. And he wasn't even originally going to be a black character, but when they went with him being a jazz musician, they felt that was the most accurate portrayal. So uh, I guess you could almost argue the, the criticism is more of Disney and Pixar overall than it is of this actual film. Because the film wasn't, they were just weren't going for that. They weren't, you know, that's not even what the story was originally about, you know, about black representation. Um, it just happened to work out that the main character wanted to be black. But the fact that, you know, Disney and Pixar haven't done a good job of that in general makes it stand out, I think, so much more. 
Yeah, you know what? That's a great point because uh, if if they had, let's say, done Princess and the Frog and Tiana stays a princess throughout the whole movie, then seeing something like this would be a different story. Because let's be honest, they do all sorts of stuff with their white characters, right? They they yeah. make them into animals, they make them into into wizards and all this other stuff. Like they do some pretty wild stuff, but. You know, they also have so many white characters that are grounded in reality and grounded as as serious uh, heroes, both both men and women. And, um, you know, you just you know, this was that that Finn moment, you know, that you mentioned that was like, you know, oh, we're going to we're going to see it. But even in the trailer, boom, he gets turned into a blue soul creature. And I don't I don't remember how the rest of the trailer goes, because like I said, I haven't really seen it. But in the movie, (laughs) after being a soul creature, he gets back to Earth to get into his body. And he becomes a cat. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So so that is that is the, you know, just something I wanted to mention at the top of the movie. And not as necessarily this is my critique of it, but just that this is something that we're we're both acknowledging here. Um for, for those of you who who do have that uh as as a critique. And uh long story short, do better, guys. But but with that, we 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 meet Joe, the main character of this of this film, uh, arguably. You know, because because the other thing is like there's also the trope of like the magical Negro, like, mm. and I know he he's not there technically, but had they had they kept twenty two as like the official lead, I think that they would have fell into that territory. Like, right. oh, I can't find my purpose in life, and he's like, oh, don't worry, I'll come along. Like, if they, if they, but Joe might not even have been day, black. They, he might not have even been, been black. You know what I mean? Like they were, they weren't sure if they were going to go that route. So I feel like the story's changed so much. But yeah, they they definitely could have. Um, and they have oh, a magical. Okay, so I didn't like, know Joe was going to be black. I was going to be black originally as the mentor. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, they, they decided once he was a jazz musician, they were going to make him black. So like, I he might have been white originally. I don't know. They they, I, they didn't really clarify what they what they decided, but you know they, they made a couple different decisions there. But there is a magical character like uh, like a guru in the film. So. You know, it, it if that had been Joe, that would have been pretty bad. But Joe is uh, is a man who who has passion in his heart for the genre of jazz. Uh, you know, similar to when we when we reviewed uh, Into the Spider Verse, we said that like there's a lot of black culture in this movie, but they don't make it a point to like point out that it is black culture. It's just a matter of like this is who the character is, and we're showing you this. So right. you know, we see that you know when Joe's father introduces him to it, he says like this is one of our few like no, I don't think he says few because there's so many contributions I don't think he would do it. he says this is one of our great contributions to the United States uh you know this is jazz and you know for those of you who aren't aware there are so many uh, like almost all music in the United States owes itself to African roots at the at at the core yeah um and then of course the you know the which those then blossomed once on American soil into you know jazz and rock and and blues and so many other so many other genres that would later go on to inspire. I have a pretty good article for the show notes that we'll we can link about kind of the history of jazz and and its ties to you know African Americans and and kind of when like the Harlem Renaissance was happening, jazz was kind of happening at the same time, so they were pretty much intertwined and uh, you know just just how important it was you know for that culture. 
Uh, thank you, because that is literally all I had, and I don't need the jets <laughs> coming for me. Um, <laughs> but but you know, but also just talking about using jazz as a verb, which they do very often in this film, and they make it kind of like a joke. But from I mean, it, it sounded right to me, like jazzing, like you know, when you're spitting that jazz, like you're just kind of improvising w- with whatever you're doing. It could be stand up comedy, it could be you know uh, flirting with somebody, it could be you know it could be singing a song, it could be freestyling, and of course it could be literally playing jazz, like it is you know jazzing i i think they use as as something that's yes like it owes itself to the to the name to to the genre of music but like in it it, it is just like he says right it brings your soul out like whatever it is that brings your soul out while you're doing it like you're jazzing baby <laughs> yeah so so that is also a form of jazz that's that's used in this film uh unfortunately joe feels that he has uh he He's been underutilized as as a musician. He has gone to be a teacher, and it's kind of been like a temporary thing for him up until he gets an offer for a full-time job, uh, which he is pressured by, you know, himself, obviously, but also, you know, more importantly, his mother to take the job because, you know, he needs health insurance, he needs benefits, and she wants him to have a, a steady and a secure career, which is which is a real pressure that that we all face. And have we spoken about it before on the podcast? A little bit, right? Just, no? just briefly, but this movie, I think, in particular, takes an interesting stance on it. Right, like even right in the beginning, when the teacher uh, or the principal offers him the full time position, he's like, "You're you're full time, you know that means pension and you know all this stuff, health benefits, and like like it's the greatest thing in the world." And at times, I felt like this movie was almost saying like, "Give up on your dreams and and like live like life the way you're supposed to." Um, and other times, it felt like it wasn't saying that, but it it definitely you know kind of went back and forth for me with that with that kind of information. Yeah, they really did uh, did toe the line, especially when we when we talk about lost souls. Um, Joe's soul is uh, is removed from his body shortly after he gets the opportunity of a lifetime. One of his old students that that who he and you know inspired growing up, um, you know, which is a, a very is a recurring theme in this in this film about how kind of like inspiring people in and of itself is something worthy of of your time and energy, and it's an amazing thing to do. Um, I know damn well that like in my in my own experience, like I said, uh, I've, I've worked with the special needs population for, you know, since I was 14 years old. So going on 16 years now. And whereas that is like incredibly rewarding work, like and something that I'm naturally kind of a, like talented at. I, like I've always wanted something else, something mm-hmm. for me, something creative. So like I, you know, I, I, I really get where Joe's coming from here. And um, and also with just having the pressure of like, all right, you got to do this with your life. Like you're of a certain age. You need to do this. Um, you know, so he ends up going to to this to this club where the great Dorothea Williams uh, is going to be playing with her quartet. And he has the opportunity to try out for her. And she says, all right, you got the gig. Show up tonight. Teach. And uh, he fucking gets into an accident and goes into a coma. Does he actually die? Was he going to a coma? What do you think? I, th- about? I think once he goes into the great beyond, he'll die. So I think his he's kind of stuck in between. Okay, so it's like a purgatory situation. Right. Well, his body is very literally stuck in between. Um, but yeah, Joe is kind of in this purgatory situation. He's on his way to the great beyond, where a lot of other people are going, uh, where a lot of other... Do they call them souls? I guess they do, right? Because the title of the film is Soul. Um, but yeah, yeah so... 
Yeah, so so all of these other souls are on the way to the great beyond. He doesn't feel that he's ready. He you know, he he, he finds his way out and I think he falls off the conveyor belt or something. Well, he feels and, like he um, finally had his big break, right? Like his entire life he's been waiting for that moment to to play, you know, in a professional jazz band. You know, play on stage and and he feels like that's that's like his real moment and, and as soon as he gets it, he's dead, right? So he's he's going to do everything he can to get back to earth. Because he feels like he's left so much unfinished business there, and that you know that's kind of where he where he stands. He's just not ready to move on, and which is interesting. You see all these other souls, right? Like thousands and thousands of them, all ready to go. They're all ready to rest and and put Earth behind them, and they don't want to go back. And and and, and good just, for them, by the way, that they do. Yeah, I mean, like that's, you know, that's amazing. We should be so great. lucky, you know. Absolutely, you know, who who doesn't? Who's gonna not feel like they left unfinished business? You know, so that's great. But, you know, he fights his way back, and, and uh, that's, you know, where he, he kind of runs it to 22 inadvertently, right? Yeah, so he makes his way to the U Seminar. And the U Seminar, as opposed to being at the end of people's lives where they go into the great beyond, it's actually at the beginning of people's lives, before they go to Earth. And the U Seminar uh, matches mentors with mentees, and the mentors are individuals who have already gone through their life, and you know they're 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 ready to pass on some knowledge and help someone else find their spark. Uh, which, for most of the movie, we're led to believe your spark is your reason for living, your reason for existence. And once you find that, once you find your purpose in life, you can go to to Earth, uh, yeah. where by being born. Uh, you'll forget about it and spend your entire life searching. Um, the thing about 22 is that she is unmentorable. They have put the best uh, with her and she has still, she has brought them all, all to their wits end and um, wits end. Yeah. To their wits end. Yeah. And, um, and you know, we're talking Copernicus. We're talking Abraham Lincoln. We're talking mother Teresa, <laughs> Um, you know, all of quote unquote the greatest people in history, and she has has made all of them tap out because she can't find her spark. And you know what I think is interesting is that all those people were technically like, you know, they were definitely complete people. And um, oh, Freud was one of them too. So, uh, and the one that gets her to find her spark is somebody who doesn't feel complete. So I kind of, I, I really, I like that. That idea in the yeah the well I mean she she's named twenty two because of catch twenty two right like the paradox of to find out life is worth living by living life so the, you know it's kind of it kind of comes full circle for for her do they mention that in the film or no it's a, it's trivia? actually some trivia yeah yeah that's and, nice and, I like and that. I think you know if you really think about the name obviously it makes sense but you know she's been she's been there for I think it is like thousands of years right waiting to find her spark and it, it just hasn't happened and. Just living in in Joe's shoes for for less than a day, finally kind of awakens it in her eating pizza, right? Talking with one of his students, kind of just experiencing uh, things that you you couldn't experience any other way, and that that finally makes her want to actually be alive and and come to Earth and 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 give it a shot. Yeah, she ends up going to Earth with Joe. His plan is to help her find her spark and then use the Earth Pass to get into his body because she actually doesn't want to live anyway. You know, it's there's 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 pain, there's all sorts of shit. She doesn't want it. Um, but yeah, when they finally get to Earth, uh, she ends up in Joe's body and Joe ends up in the body of a service cat. Uh, <laughs> so 
we talked about that at the beginning. We'll leave it. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, through trying to to get twenty two in his body to get ready for the gig and um, and 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 make it to to this uh, to to the appointment tonight. Where by the way, they are they are going to get uh, they're going to get their their souls switched back to the right place. I uh, I forgot to mention that in the middle of it, they they end up in this zone where they meet a guy named Moonstar, or is it Windstar? Sorry. I was watching New Mutants yesterday. Uh, moon Wind. <laughs> moon Wind. <laughs> okay, so, uh, but yeah, so so uh, they meet a, they meet a man named Moon Wind, and and we find out this is really cool to me that like this plane of existence is kind of like a thin spot in reality because so, like we have a soul that's not born, a soul that's not alive uh, <laughs> anymore or ish, and then we have um, Moon Wind. Yes, we have Moon Wind who who is one of the many souls that comes into the zone you know the place where you are in in your creativity where you're just doing it like you lose yourself in the I'm getting kind of emotional talk about it yeah. but like when you lose yourself in the thing you're doing and I'm sure all of you have had that thing there and if you haven't I really hope that you do to quote uh, to reference last week's episode I hope that you see the colors um it's interesting too because he's aware of it. You know, most people aren't. You're just in, you're in the zone. You're doing your thing. I don't think time or anything really matters to you when you're doing that. But he is aware of where he is, and his job is to help find souls that have kind of lost their way here, right? That are that are overcome with with grief and anxiety. And there's even kind of a a funny uh, moment where where he helps one <laughs> yeah. such soul who turns out to be like a a stock a hedge fund uh, manager. A hedge fund manager right <laughs> yeah. and the guy's like oh my like he has this like realization that his, like his job is is horrible and that he wants to live and actually be happy instead of being like miserable on wall street so he he like you know he he runs away from his job and but yeah so you know moonwind goes around helping other souls like that and he's actually friends with 22 yeah the way that they helped him too like uh you know I, i'm sorry to rewind but um but like they talk about these lost souls that, you know, they say when you like become too obsessed with your passion. So it stands to reason that maybe at the beginning of his career, the hedge fund manager actually liked his job. Maybe like the money he was making, the right, strippers right. he was uh, getting blown by, but whatever. Um, it's you very know, Wolf but also, Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. You know, they should have chosen anyone else. But, uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> an accountant, you know, you're you're trying to help people. You're stuck at your job in the numbers, whatever. But but they, they grab his soul and they start like, you know, chanting around him and playing bongos to bring to bring his soul back so he's no longer a lost soul and um you know it's interesting to imagine this balance you know because i've been there like the idea of like all right like you love doing something but then if you become obsessed with it like let's say like you rely on it for your only source of income what might have been voiceover for fun hypothetically becomes voiceover for survival and it's a very different emotion you get when you do it right um but yeah that 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 absolutely was a great moment thank you thank you for reminding me of it um, but yeah, so Moonwind is going to be the one to bring them back, and through their adventure, yeah, like like you said, uh, Joe gives her gives twenty two. I just say her because it's Tina Fey's voice, so right, right. twenty two technically is is not gendered. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he gives twenty two the you know pizza, and 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 you know twenty two later has a bagel and gets a lollipop at one point too. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, there's I think earlier on we we see that moment where Joe kind of gets to view his life like 22 shows him how to how to see his whole life kind of like a snapshot of it and a lot of it's just him sitting around watching tv or you know just doing very boring 
it hurt stuff, right? And he <laughs> he realizes like his life is meaningless. He's never done anything, you know, that's really he feel has impacted the world. And I think he feels like he's wasted all this time. And you know, Joe, Joe's not necessarily an old man, right? But he's probably in his forties, I'd say. Um, you know, yeah, I could say late thirties, you know, mid to mid. 40s, he, he's yeah. lived a good portion of his life, and he he's never, you know, he feels like he's wasted it now. And I think this is really depressing. And I know it's something that I've experienced. I mean, and you're not the only one who, who's who's felt that before. Once again, I think thirty on is when it is when it hits. Much like watching a movie in parts, uh, a single film in parts, or um, you know, twenty five and on. I remember twenty after I hit twenty five years old, my nihilism really started to to creep in. But you, were you going to be like? I think you were going to be more specific about that feeling. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, uh, I mean, kind of like what you said. You know, it just it just hits you. I feel like. There's times where you realize, hey, I've wasted so much time. Have you ever have like, you know, I have my two days off, right? And sometimes I'm just, I'm tired. And I just sit around, you know, watching TV with my girlfriend or, you know, playing video games for a couple hours. And then you go back to work and you're like, man, I should have been using that time to be creative. Should have, I should have been writing. I should have been, you know, uh, changing the world somehow. I should have been out doing activism, like whatever it might be. And you just feel like, you know, you waste the time and you think back, you know, the older you get and the things that you've done and the things you wish you had done. And I, I think it can be, it can be pretty depressing and to see your whole life laid out in front of you like that. I'm sure it's, uh, it's devastating. Yeah. Like sometimes I think about it, like if let's say aliens were to look into my life, right? Like they have like a reality show feed of my apartment and let's say they can't see the screen. Like they can't see what's on my screens. If they can't see what's on my computer or my TV or my phone, I'm literally just a man who sits. That's interesting. Like that. Is, and I thought of that long before I started smoking weed. Um, That's really like, interesting. If somebody else could see you and like, I, you know, and also like with my dog, like she's probably all the time. Like, what the fuck are you guys looking at? Like, you know what she loves to look at? The sun. Like, that's like her yeah. favorite fucking thing. Like. You know, but uh, but yeah, it's um, it it is this this wild amount of pressure to like, I don't know, it, it, cr- cr- being a creative is tough, and um, you know, I think the reason we have so much pressure to turn our passions into money making resources is because, like, that's all, like, you have to make money to survive in a capitalist society. We've right. spoken about it, but your worth is also measured by that. You know, like if you're yes. not successful. People think you're a loser, right? And what what is success? Is success enjoying what you do? Is it uh, writing a movie with your friend and then going out and shooting it, or is it winning the Academy Award and and you know making millions of dollars? And you know, unfortunately, most people will weigh the the money and uh, the fame as kind of success. And I think that's why it, it can feel so overwhelming when you don't reach those heights you know, whatever your passion is, or even just your career, you know, maybe you're passionate about the job you're already in. And, you know, you find like, you're not, you're just not getting there. Right. And I think that's just, uh, it's important to remember, not everybody's going to do the same, have the same level of success. And it's okay not to reach those same heights. You know, uh, you could, you could work at a grocery store. You don't have to be a manager, right. You don't have to be the regional. You can just do your job. And if you do your job well, then people will remember you and, you are making a difference. And I think that's a, that's one of the themes of this movie, right? Like Joe is coming to realize by the end that he's had an impact on his students. That, that's a big part of it, I think. And uh, that his life's not meaningless because he has he has influenced people and made a, a difference in their lives. And, and who knows what they're going to go on to do one day. 
And that there's always that that saying like those who can't do teach. And I think that's a shitty saying. You know, it's, it is a shitty. That's saying, that's yeah. bullshit because if nobody teaches, then no one's gonna learn and no one's ever gonna do anything, right? So no one can do if no one teaches. Yeah, the, you know, there's and there's some shitty teachers out there. Let's be honest, but the the really good ones will you'll always remember. Right, the ones that made an impact in your life, that inspired you, that made your your experience in school a little bit better. Uh, they're the ones you're always gonna fucking remember. You're gonna talk about them, and and you you know if they made an impact in your life, they probably did it for a lot of other people too. And now that you mention it, um, I I don't I haven't told many people this story, and mostly it's because it was so long ago, and I didn't really think it was that impactful, you know. But as you get older, you start kind of connecting the dots, right? And um, I, w- I was 10 years old. This was uh, just after I, this was my first year in a new school. I moved around a lot as a kid and um, everybody knew that I was like the poor kid from a single parent family. Like it's a small town. Everybody knew that. I didn't know they knew that, but like everybody was like trying to be super nice to me, you know, which don't get me like, it's great. You know, I also had a shitload of, you know, bullies too. Um, but anyway, there, you know, my my father, uh, probably now that I'm looking back at it, it's because he was smoking crack all the time. Uh, he mm. <laughs> like he would spend most Sundays, uh, you know, well, most weekends um, just passed out all day until like 6 p.m. Jeez. So like, what was I supposed to do all day if my father was asleep? So one day I remember I drew him. I, I drew him sleeping. I watched his face and I just drew it and I showed it to my art teacher at school. And um, she was so impressed with how it came out. Like, you know, obviously it wasn't great. It was 10 years old, but it was like, you know, when you could tell a kid has natural talent. And um, I remember the last day of school that year. I don't even remember her name, dude. But she gave me a bunch of art supplies so I could draw at home. And I I never bought them. No one ever bought them for me. Right. She gave me a bunch of art supplies. That's and amazing. then, here I, you know, here I am trying to make money from my art, you know, how many years later, or, or even just getting back into art, you know, I have my tablet. I have that, like, I, like art is such a part of my fucking life in one form or another. And I never really realized that, you know? Um, but, but it is those, those things, they do make a difference. And, um, you know, at one point I kind of questioned, like, is this movie celebrating? And I, I have no better word for it. There are better words for it. Is this movie celebrating mediocrity? That was one thing that hit me. Yeah, I, I felt the same. I wasn't sure. Yeah, like, uh, like you know, it's okay. I think the idea is that, you know, just like you were saying, what is the definition of success? Everybody has their own definition. And I think if you are reaching your definition of success, that's what's important. You know, my definition of success might be getting a five-star review from Benny and those fucking jets to read on, <laughs> on today's podcast, okay? Um, you know, but I, like I've been talking to my wife about it without getting too personal work hasn't been easy for her recently. And, and I said, like, being the boss is tough. It comes with a lot. You've been complaining about your job ever since I've been with you, even before you were at the position you're at, you can go to a supermarket and probably be happy just leaving your work at the supermarket. Like, you know, I know the, you know, the money is different, but like, you know, if you could get a comparable position, like doing, doing less, like a comparable paying position, maybe not that specifically, but like, you, you mean know, not not as a manager, right? Like just as a crew member. I mean, she could probably kill it as a manager too. You know, I know, I know, financially, she wouldn't be making this, the same amount. But I mean, let's say another job. Let's say it's not grocery specific. I was gonna say because I'm a manager and it, it follows you home no matter where you work, man. So, well, yeah, if you're a manager at anything, that's the problem. Like it'll follow you home. Like you know, you know. But that's the man. I I knew we were gonna get into some existential stuff, but that's. That, that's a whole other thing too, right? Because it's like, all right, well, the only way to get paid more is to become more responsible and get promoted. 
but then when you when you do like you're you're fucking like stuck there dude like you gotta like make keep making that money and yeah like you said it does come home with you you know because you have so much responsibility you're getting phone calls at home and stuff it's uh I don't know. You know, you got to it it's it, it really sucks that we have to weigh happiness versus um you know versus security and uh right. right. And um you know, just so you know, if if anyone here hasn't read the Communist Manifesto yet, I'm pretty sure it mentioned that like, you know, that better work week hours actually allow the working class to pursue their creative endeavors and be more fulfilled that way. Just so we yeah. know. And well, what country is it, is it Sweden or uh, I think it's Sweden or Norway, right? That that actually I it's always one of has, those fucking has four day uh, four day work weeks. I believe they they decided to try out, and it is incredibly helpful. You know, it gives people so much more time to just to, like one I said, day. Like, yep. Because I mean, it's it, that it, much. Like I know for me, like I get two days off. Like one day I'm recuperating, and then one day I'm catching up on errands. You know, if you have that, anytime I take a third day off, I request a third day off. It makes such a difference to my week because that day I can I can kind of have like whatever I want to do. You know, I can I can hang out with my friends or you know or or pursue something creative or you know just find something or you know to I feel more inspired. You know, cleaning the house even you know those kind of things like it helps you find the time to to get all those things done where you know one or two days just isn't enough. And the other thing is like when you do have just those two days that you know now it becomes stressful trying to figure out what you do to relax like all right like you know this much of my time is going to be spent like you said cleaning the house doing laundry stuff like that um you know and then all all right this person wants to hang i mean let's say it's not covid times right this person or let's say it is right i want to play xbox your girlfriend wants to watch this show you know your brother wants to play playstation like you know now you have to start okay like who do i give my time to and then that's stressful like yeah very much so our, our society is fucked like you know like we just even at home, you know, work, work it, it affects us, guys. Um, I just want to, I, I don't know if I was going to have a good moment to to share this, so I'm just going to shoehorn it in right now. <laughs> uh, this quote that 22 says, she says, like my mentor George Orwell used to say, state-sponsored education was like the rattling of a stick inside a swill bucket. Uh, <laughs> which uh, That's oh, awesome. That I wrote Joe that down, student. too. Yeah, that, that was a moment I really wanted to talk about, actually, because... <laughs> it's, I mean, it's one of my favorite scenes, right? Like Joe's still in the body of a cat, 22 is in his body and the student comes and Joe's just like, just tell her you're busy. And she's like, no, let me, you know, she like goes out and hangs out with her. And you know, the student's like, I want to quit. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to play in the band anymore. I don't want to play instruments. Like I just want to quit. And uh, 22 is just like, okay, right. Like, like yeah, do it. Yeah, because 22 but, does that all the time. 22 is like, all right, like if you don't want to do it, you should do it. Uh, yeah. But it ends up kind of working like reverse psychology. Yeah. 22 doesn't mean to. Yeah, because the student's kind of like, well, I mean, before you tell me to quit, maybe you should just hear what I've been practicing. And then, you know, she she plays some beautiful music. And it's very clear that she doesn't actually want to quit, right? Like, she just, she needs that push, that inspiration from her teacher. And, uh, you know, it, 22, it, you know, doesn't mean to, but does kind of help put inspire. And she's like, oh, maybe I won't quit. And she leaves, right? And she doesn't really understand why that was, you know. She doesn't understand why. And, and Joe tells Twenty Two, it's because she loves to play. That's what, she actually loves to play. She doesn't actually want to quit, 
You know, and, and it's just such a great scene. And yes, that George Orwell quotes used there. Uh, 22 also says the ruling class's core curriculum stifles dissent. It's the oldest trick in the book. I also like that as well. I Thank that you. Was that was this. That was another thing she said. I, there was one in there that I was like, comrade, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, right? Huh? Like, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, more of that, more of that children's animation that's actually uh, communist propaganda. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about later on in the podcast. But I would, I would argue that Joe, what Joe's doing isn't, core curriculum right he's he's inspiring people to to like these kids to find something they love like he did right like he loves jazz music and maybe not all of his students but this particular one also loves to play and, did she you know, say it in i uh, sorry did 22 say that in reference to his teaching um well she said it she said it to the kid about quitting like she said it right like right right after that George oh okay before, okay yeah. so music in general okay yeah you know and i don't think she really because 22 doesn't understand what a pa- what passion is, right? She hasn't experienced it yet. So, but uh, it, it's still a valid argument. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, that was great. Uh, we also see that, um, can I go to the, the, the barbershop moment? Yeah, it's my next note. <laughs> All right, great. So, uh, so yeah, plot stuff happened. Joe's hair is bad. We need to get to the barbershop where, uh, where we meet uh, the best, the best, um, acting i've ever seen from uh donnell rawlings uh who, yeah, who's known from the Chappelle show as ashy larry and a bunch of other hilarious characters um but yeah he plays des uh the barber and for those of you who are not aware i mean they made several movies about barbershops uh the barbershop is an incredibly important place in luke cage like just by watching ba- like entertainment black entertainment you can kind of realize that the barbershop is a very sacred and important place there's a lot more that goes on than there other than just cutting hair there's you know there's um you know there's there's therapy <laughs> yeah yeah in a way yep. yeah the, uh there's these amazing moments um but yeah so so he does have to go to the barbershop des takes him as an emergency case and um and you know 22 is just talking about their own life right well 22 just ta- 22 just talking i think you know uh, and starts asking questions and, you know, asking Des and Des brings up how he wanted to be. Well, I think 22s bring up like be finding your purpose in life and, and how like, Oh, you always want to be a, a barber. Right. And he's like, well, no, I always want to be a veterinarian. And she's just like, Oh, well, like what happened? You know, do you regret like being a barber more or less? And, you know, that's when he kind of says, no, he loves it. He loves his job. He gets to meet interesting folks and he gets to make them happy. And, you know, the chair is so special to him. You know, when people sit there, he, he gets to learn about who they are and talk to them and make them look great. And, you know, he obviously, he really, really enjoys his job. And, uh, you know, I think Joe's kind of surprised to hear all this. He's, he's been going here probably for a long, long time, right? He knows Des, but he doesn't know anything about Des, right? He, he, only, he only knows that he talks to him and he's never learned anything about who Des is. And, and Des says, well, you never, you know, you always usually just want to talk about jazz. Uh, you, you never really ask me any questions. And, and it turns out that, you know, Joe has been so caught up in his own dreams and his own, you know, desires that he hasn't really paid attention to, to people like Des, who's been in his life for a long time. And, you know, 22 doesn't mean to, but kind of brings this like really cool moment forward that I think will hopefully push their friendship, right? And their, their relationship in a better spot. Yeah, hopefully Joe follows up with that. Yeah. <laughs> Joe just was like, yeah, so I fucking played some jazz music, man. And like, like, oh, back like, to oh. this shit. 
And Dez, Dez is like, yeah, so, you know, I got the courage to go back to vet school. He's like, yeah, whatever. So I'm playing with Dorothea. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <Joe's> <laughs> like, damn. Beast. Joe's still um, a dick. Now, was was Dez the magical uh, Negro role that you were talking about? Or was no, it no, else? I was talking about the oh. guru, uh, oh, uh, that- Moonwind. I was saying that, like, if they Oh, had, Moonwind, the actual... If, okay. If I don't, like, what if they had made Joe that kind of role? Because in the original scripting, it could have been a very different scenario. But luckily, they didn't do that, so... Uh, yeah, but, imagine they go like like Aladdin genie. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. But Jamie Fox loves to sing. You know he's good. There, so. There's another cool part of this this barber scene shop uh, moment too, where where Paul, like another you know patron of the barber shop, you know he's he's kind of making fun of Joe and how he's kind of a failure, you know. And uh, 22 says Paul, he's just criticizing me to cover up the pain of his own failed dreams. And and it hits Paul pretty hard, right? Like it's comical, but at the same time, like she kind of hits the the nail on the head, and it seems like Paul is kind of depressed by this. And we actually see him again later, and he's still kind of depressed, you know. And it, it oh I yeah, think, then his entire world gets turned upside down by yeah, is it Jerry yeah. or Terry? Uh, it's Terry, Terry, right? Terry, yeah. Terry, he's right, Terry. Yeah, but like you know, when you think about that, people do that all the time, right? They love to tear you down. They love to to minimize or, or, you know, your accomplishments and, and make you feel like you're less than. Um, and I think that's Meanwhile, because... when did they do anything? Right. They're, because they, they feel inferior and they need to make themselves feel better by, by putting you down. And I think, I mean, I, I'll speak for myself. I know I've done it, in, you know, maybe inadvertently in the past where I'll be like, oh, like, oh, whatever, they did this, but like... <laughs> You know, they're still a loser. They're still this because you know you you want to make yourself feel better, and you don't you don't realize that that's not the way to do it. You know, you don't I have, have to, to. You know, you know I've done it, that. Yeah, it sucks, and it's a shitty thing to do. And I think a lot of people do it, and I, I'm sure almost everyone's done it at least once, whether you realize you were doing it or not. And it's not worth pulling down someone's accomplishment, even if they're a shitty person. Focus on what they're what makes them shitty, right? <laughs> Instead of what they've actually done, that's that's an accomplishment. So I think. That's uh, that's pretty accurate, and we see it all the time. And twenty two is very blunt, and kind of just you know throws this on Paul. Twenty two is also able to hold court in this barber shop. Like I love the fact that when they start talking, like through Joe's body, everybody starts listening and relating. And it's kind of like you know what? Like when it comes to the Des thing, think of how many interesting stories you have in your head. The yeah. person next door to you has a bunch of those too. Like if you just get to know someone, but also with all of the other people there, everyone's going through this. Like, like the same, like the reason they were able to relate to 22 is because they all have souls. Like everyone's able to relate to it. Like the same thing. And they're like, yeah, like we don't ever want to talk about it. We never want to bring it up. We don't ever want to answer honestly when someone says, how are you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, but, but you know, maybe if we stopped and said like, you know what? Not not well. <laughs> I think twenty two also does active listening, which is something most people don't do, right? Like, how many times when you're in a conversation are you thinking about the next thing you're going to say rather than what the person's saying to you? Wait, and what? Th- huh? Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, like someone we talking about something, you're just thinking about, all right, well, I want to tell them about this story or this this situation or the next thing you want to talk about. I mean, hell, I do it sometimes when we're talking on this podcast, right? <laughs> Looking at my notes, but I do uh, too. We right? both do it. Yeah, you know, like, it I got to make sure what I'm going to say is going to be like, you know, spot on. All right. <laughs> yeah, and yep. you know, I think 22 just kind of lives in the moment. Like she's just like talking, and 
she'll say what comes to her mind next. Sometimes, you know, it's very blunt and, and can be kind of upsetting, but like she's, she's not sitting there ignoring people. And I think that's what Joe kind of realizes about, you know, what, where he's kind of failed, you know, he hasn't given those same opportunities. He hasn't listened to other people in his life. He's always shut them out because it's about his dream, right. Of being a jazz musician, you know, he's shut his mom out. He shuts Des the, the barber out. He, he's just, he wants to, to fulfill his dream at, at whatever cost. Now, this idea of 22 being in Joe's body and being able to speak through him and being able to eventually walk and, and use his body and everything was so interesting to me because it kind of makes me think, like, do we already have, like, do we already have our personality and soul picked out? I mean, not accounting for trauma we'll face on Earth, you know, and, and even depending on if you agree of where we come from. Let's say it's just the soul universe, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's say, like, the version that I am now, the version speaking on this podcast, is that the soul that's always been in me, but my I, my body hasn't physically been able to say those words or, you know, like, because in a lot of ways, like, there are some things you still do that you did when you were a kid and you're like, oh, fuck, like, I'm the same person. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but, but on the other end, you could be a totally different person than you were 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, <laughs> like... uh I the they're doing an MTV Real World uh, reunion from the original cast from 1992 in New York City, and oh. it's 29 <laughs> years later. Uh, and I never watched it, but my girlfriend did, and she wants me to watch a reunion with her. So we watched a bunch of episodes last night, and uh, they actually brought up a lot of race stuff, which was really interesting. You know, there's two black cast members living with a bunch of white people, so they were all kind of learning about each other. And one of them was an, was a social activist. Um, anyway, anyway, my point is that you know these people. 29 years later, a lot of them are very different. And the things that they didn't understand or, or had different, you know, concepts of or, you know, were partying back in the day, they're just, they've, they've really changed their personality. So, it, you know, I guess you could argue, are you finding your personality over time? You know, is it, like you said, is it there and you just have to kind of uncover it? I don't know, because you can change so much. Yeah, like who knows who I'm going to be 10 years from now? Maybe that's the version that like, you know, came out of my mom's uh, cesarean I session. Know. But um, <laughs> you'll be vote. You'll be voting for Trump Jr. and uh, or Don Jr. Or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> There's no way. And God, who do they fucking run from that family? If they were, they can't. He's he's gonna have to get an extra. The little one. What's the little one's name? Baron. No, probably Seven Ivanka. Foot tall little Ivanka is clearly the, the smartest one in the family, so they're probably gonna Ivanka. Run her. Yeah, she. Yeah, she would be the one, and you get first women president too. Yep. So even the conservatives I knew who were happy that uh, Kamala was like a, a woman in the White House as VP, they would vote for Ivanka oh, a million yeah. times over. They'd be like, look, she's strong, powerful <laughs> woman. You know, there's a short line where, where they're trying to hail a cab and Joe says through the cat's voice, he goes, he goes uh, oh, this would be tough even if I weren't in a cat's body or something like that. Like, once again, like, they don't make it a point to, you know, focus on that, but they do mention it. You know, they put in the jazz, they put in the barbershop, like they put in black stuff because he like at least they stay authentic to to him as a character. As right. Like, right. As a person uh, of color, you know, but yeah, that, that's all they would say about it. Oh, you know, even as a even as a even if I wasn't a cat, it would be tough to get it. Uh, tough to get it. Uh, yeah, there was there was early in the film when Joe first talks to his mom and she's like, you know, you're going to take that position. Right. And she's kind of giving him shit for for following his dream, right? She says a couple of things that I thought was interesting. One was she mentions how she struggled to give him an education and she's sick of seeing him struggle after she worked so hard so that he wouldn't have to. 
Um, and you know, I mean, that's, unfortunately I, valid a little right? bit. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, in today's world, education doesn't mean you're not going to struggle by any means, but you know, obviously that was her intention and she really wanted to see him be successful by this point. And, you know, the fact that she had to work so hard so that you're, you know, you work so hard so your kids don't have to, they always say. Um, and obviously, you know, he's still, he's still working hard. He's working, you know, his teaching gig, he's doing his, his music gigs on the weekends or whatever it might be. Um, you know, she, and she says, you know, he could put his dead end gigging behind him and playing music will finally be his real career. And, you know, it just shows like how people don't really respect what you do or what you love. And I, I think as much as his mom's good intentioned, um, and, and Joe can be dense about certain things. He, you know, she doesn't understand how much it means to him. And I think that's kind of sad. And on the whole, you have a lot of people who uh, who who have a similar sentiment to the arts. You know, the they're like, oh, you know, it's a waste of a career, blah blah blah. But like, they don't realize how how much the arts like affect their lives. Yep. Like, you know, obviously there's science to it, but you know, who do you think makes your fucking car look cool and aerodynamic at the very least? Right. Who do you think designs it? Who do you think makes your movies, your cartoons? Well, look at this music. pandemic, right? What do people do? Yes. They stayed home and they watch fucking Netflix movies, right? Like, or play video games or read comics or whatever, you know, form of entertainment you enjoy. If you didn't have that shit, well, you would have gone crazy. You would have been su- stuck in hu- inside with nothing to do. And people would have gone, gone, gone absolutely batshit and just fucking not been able to find a way to get through it. But we had these things. And, you know, was it still difficult? You know, it, yeah, of course. Yes. But finding <laughs> things you can enjoy to take your mind off a pandemic that's killing takes you know, the edge millions off, of people, it's, it definitely yeah, helps. And, it and without the arts, you wouldn't have that. Now, we also see him confront his, his mom later on in the movie after uh, 22 rips Joe's pants while, while in his body. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, you know, this, this was also a great moment where he's finally able to, you know, to tell her, like, listen, like, this is who I am. And, and, oh, and he decides not to run, you know, which 22 says to him, like, it's interesting. You can always look at yourself. Like he's literally looking at a reflection of himself and seeing who he really is. And 22 is like, oh, should I run away? Like you usually do like, because she's not afraid to say anything. She doesn't know that that's going to like, you know, make him, you know, think, (laughs) oh shit, like that's who I am. So yeah, yeah. So he decides that that he is going to come clean. And I do think it's interesting, too, that, like, his mom is also in the arts. Like, her sewing is right. is an art, you know? Um, you but know, I think she looks at it as more of a practical position, right? It also it, is, yeah. You know what I mean? She but I, this, this scene, they finally, thanks to 22, they finally have that heart-to-heart. Because I think he was afraid to speak his mind to her and tell her how he really felt. And 22 kind of does it for him. Uh, which is upsetting, right? It's his mom, and he loves her, and he knows what she gave up for him. But you know, it's important. Well, but that- I think, I think when they when they make that um, when they do that turn, it's him telling her though. Like it is. The cat, it is. The cat was telling twenty two the whole time. To what Not to at say. first though. Not at, well. Yeah, like he's speaking his mind, and twenty two says it. But Joe doesn't want to say it to his mom. It started because 22 says something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Joe's yes. like, no, 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 don't say that. You know, t- tell her I'm yep. sorry. But but finally <laughs> that kind of opens up the conversation. And I think that in so many ways, you know, uh, being able to be open and honest about, you know, your feelings about, you know, uh, anything with, with the people you love is really important. And if you don't do that, then you're going to regret it, right? And, and you know, it can be tough. You can have some really tough conversations. I, I think I've joked on the podcast a few times about some conversations I've had with my, my parents, my stepdad and my mom, and it, it hasn't always been easy. It's, been, it's definitely been difficult. But 
I feel better afterwards. I feel like, you know, I, I got something off my chest and maybe you guys can, can see each other a little better. So it's important to have those conversations. And, you know, thanks to 22 kind of being the middleman here, it, it really works for them. And his mom fixes his pants, right, and helps him get ready for for this uh, this audition. Or, or actually, you know, not even an audition anymore. <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah, he's, he's, he's got the gig, um, which... He loses kind of. because yeah. Dorothea sees, yeah, because Dorothea sees him, you know, with ripped pants and a cat, you know. Well, she sees him suit. in a hospital gown. Oh, was she? Was he in the hospital gown? I yeah, thought he, he was already in the suit. Yeah, he jumps into her taxi, okay. and she's just like, "Wow, fuck this guy!" You know, it's like, "What if he just had a heart attack?" Him. She says that in <laughs> Pixar's soul. Fuck yeah. this guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but his his student, his former student, is such a you know like. You know, he was inspired so much that he's like, listen, like, I know you're, you know, I know you're good. Like, show up tonight looking like a million bucks. I'll see if I can get you the gig. And, um, you know, Joe's mom not only, um, you know, fixes his pants, she brings out uh, the suit that belonged to his father, I believe. Right, yeah. Yep. And and Joe looks good between the haircut and everything. Joe's having yeah. a great day. It's the best day he's had in years and 22 is in his body. I know. <laughs> it's kind of sad. And his mom even goes to see him play. Right? Yes, oh, that friends. was beautiful. Dude, I cried my fucking eyes out watching this movie. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, the stuff that upsets me about it is more like I'm disappointed. Right, like, right. It's I'm a good film, like, oh, come on, it's guys. A, it's a good yeah. film. It, it really, I think it, so. It, does, it, it, it accomplishes what it sets out to, and I think that's important. But, uh, and it's yeah, also you know, pretty funny, too, I think. It's, it is right. Yeah, his, when his there mom's leaving, she's like, I got to get home rolled. You know? Like, there's funny moments like that. Um, but you know, and I, I think this all kind of leads to him finally, you know, he, he shows up at the club, right? He's back in his body. Um, and he, he's, Terry to... catches them. What's that? Terry catches them and takes them out of their bodies. And that's when the, all Oh, Terry, Terry. I'm sorry. I was like, who, Terry. who are you yeah. talking about? I'm like, I don't know who Terry is. <laughs> yeah. That's the, 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 all is lost moment, you know, basically finds 22 and Joe, uh, separated. They're back in the great beyond or before, whichever you want to uh, call yeah. it. Cause 22 and, didn't want to give up the body, right? 22 is like, I want to stay. Yeah, 22 is like, living is fucking aw- is, is fucking awesome. And, um, and, and Joe's like, you don't even like living. I'm the reason. Like, he says, you were in my body. You only liked life because I, you had my memories. Like, you yeah. liked my life, not not your life. And, um, you know, and they, they had you know they had this falling out because Joe is now not going to be – he's going to have to go to the great beyond. Um, but I think uh, he uh, – 22 actually does give him the earth pass. Right. And he, you know, he goes back to his body. 22 goes to become a lost soul. Um, you know, after playing the gig – yeah, which Joe, kinda, kinda which Joe's great at. It's a little bittersweet. It's not exactly what he had expected. Which, as somebody who has performed stand-up comedy and acted in front of live audiences, that can happen. Yeah, it, he, it he really says he thought happen. it would feel different, right? It, it's, and then he says to Dorothea, like, "Well, what next?" And she's like, "Come back tomorrow, and we do it again." Yeah, like, you know, guess what? This is, it's similar to teaching. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to work, you're going to work. Even if it's something you love doing, you're going to be doing it repetitively, you know, repeatedly every day. Yeah, I feel like there's there's almost this feeling that you think is going to be like, there's almost like this achievement unlocked moment, right? Where you're just like, yep. you, you do it and you're like, all right, I did it. And you feel different. You feel better and you never have to do it again because you did it. But that's not really the way it goes, right? Very rarely does it, does it happen like that. And uh, that's, you know, yeah, he finally got to play and he's going to keep playing and he's going to keep playing. And, he, you know, he may still never be as successful as he thought he would be. And it just doesn't feel the way he thought it would, which is, you know, like you said, kind of bittersweet. 
And when he gets home, he discovers that in his pockets are a bunch of items that 22 kept. Yeah. You know, she kept the spool that was used to make this suit and, and fit it to him. She kept the lollipop that Des gave her at the barber shop. She Well, she finished that one and then took another couple uh, road road lollipops. Uh, you know, <laughs> she kept the bagel she was eating. She kept the pizza crust. She kept uh, the, I forgot what those things are, those little helicopter seeds that, that spin down from the trees and, and float to the ground and glide to the ground. Um, you know, she kept all of that, and that's when Joe realizes that. Well, actually, I don't know what Joe realizes because I, I first I thought her spark was living. Like, just your spark can fucking be life, and that's okay. You don't have to be the most creative person in the world. That was one one of the things I got out of this. Yeah, I think what he realizes is that he's already experienced. He's already experienced all of this, and twenty two hasn't had that chance. And if he takes her life pass, her earth pass, she'll never get to. And I think he realizes that, like, it's just not fair. It's not right. And, you know, he, he got to have his moment, and it and it wasn't what he expected, but now he's able to give her the opportunity to kind of have these same experiences and let her live the life that he took for granted. What a beautiful way to put it. That's exactly what he did. Um, and, and it turns out now I thought that her spark was living, like I said, but, uh, you know, the counselor Jerry's, they, you know, they tell, they tell Joe that like, Hey, listen, like, you know, you thought it was your spark? Like, no. Um, I think they say in the movie, I don't know if they say it specifically, but Joe says that it means that she was, that 22 was ready to live. Like once you found something yes. that you can, that can, oh my God, hold on. It's going to get a little emotional. Like once you sound, once you found something that you're able to get in the zone with, like you're able to escape this fucking world because while it is beautiful things, it is food and it is happiness and joy and it's love and it's fucking, um, you know, and it's, <laughs> and it's tricking and smoking and it's creating and it's so many awesome things. It is also a terrible, terrible place. You know, you take what you love and you leave what you don't. Um, but, you know, but, it, but it is that too. So being able to escape, being able to find something that you can put your fucking, or brings your soul out into the zone, that means you're ready to live because you're able to have something, you know, I think that's therapy, your hobby, yeah. your creative thing, whatever it is, it is therapy. It's a moment for you to get outside of yourself and to, but also you're inside yourself. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're in yeah. your own head, but out of your body, you know, I am so not right now <laughs> um, it's a way to express yourself for sure right it is you know? like when i it write is. certain things i feel like uh, i'm able to express stuff i don't know how to say out loud you know whether it's even if it's about another character who just has traits that may be from me or things i've experienced you know and and make whether it's making music or drawing or whatever it is you can you can express yourself in a way and i think that's so important and uh 22 you know needs to have that opportunity so you know joe he he decides to give her back the earth pass and and realizes that she's lost now so he decides to go and save her right and he, he tracks her down he, he has moon to help him and uh you know they wind up having this like little heart-to-heart -heart moment where he you know he rushes into like her little i guess depression bubble or whatever you want to call it that's around her to, to find the you know the inner yeah it's her. like keeping her from him it's like this this shield you know of of negative feelings and every bad thing that anyone's ever said to her including yeah. stuff he said or exactly you know, that she interpreted he didn't call her an idiot did he did he did he call twenty two an idiot <sighs> I don't remember me at one point they, in in this version he does like in the version that twenty two remembers he calls her an idiot or calls them an idiot 
Uh, I just I just wanted to say that uh, much like uh, Joe and Twenty Two, when you're writing, you're able to speak your voice through another's lips. Whoa! Think about it, motherfucker. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it, dude. There's some aggressive, aggressive soul searching and finding that we're doing on today's podcast. Find your passion, bitches. <laughs> Fucking do it. I'm gonna be like Wesley Gibson at the end of Wanted. What the fuck have you done lately? <laughs> Live your dreams. Don't let your dreams. I'm gonna be Shia LaBeouf and James McAvoy. All right, we're oh, getting God. off the. Yeah, so so they had this moment. You know, he talks to her. He explains to her. You know that she she uh, she found. You know, her reason for living is to live. Right, like she's finally ready to live. And yeah, she doesn't need to have a passion for a specific you know hobby or anything yet. She's just ready to experience life. And another thing that know, also hit me: having a million yeah. different things I like doing. Right? Yeah, it's like, hey, I like I like bagels and pizza. I like video games, I like comics. <laughs> Whatever it might be, yeah, I was just sure if you were talking about twenty two and then yourself, or just all around. Maybe like, I mean she. I was. I was doing everyone. We all have things that we like, um, and we all do love bagels, pizza, video games, comics. Hopefully, right. So then she she decides to take the Earth path. She's you know he 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 helps find her again, and she's gonna go to Earth. And you know he says to her, she's nervous. She's nervous about messing it up, right? And and she doesn't know you know for the first time ever. I think she's really kind of scared and. Uh, and know, he says, that's all it is, Miles. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. So maybe, oh, man, he's Miles growing up. Uh, and so so she, she, you know, she's nervous and he says to her, I'll go with you, you know, as far as I can. And even though he, he knows he can't go all the way with her, you know, he'll he'll jump with her and, and hold he her hand. He can't make it to and, Earth with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he can't go all the way with her, all right? She, he's, he didn't give her his letterman jacket. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> buy her a malted. That's gross. Sorry. So, uh, you know, they, they jump and he's holding her hand and she's scared. She won't even look. And he, he tells her to open her eyes because they're staring at Earth, right? And it's it's beautiful. <sighs> it was beautiful. You know, she her Earth pass starts kind of blinking and pulling her, you know, towards a certain spot and... You know, he kind of gives her this look like you're ready, and I think she is ready, and, and let's go. Um, and then he returns back. They're ready to go to the great beyond, but uh, everyone here is so inspired by what he's done because he's inspired 22 that they actually give him another chance to go back to Earth and live again. Um, and and it's it's a really – it's a cool ending. You know, he, he, he gets to go back to his body and – um, you know, she kind of asks him, you know, how are you going to spend your life? And he says, I'm, I'm not sure, but I do know I'm going to live every minute of it. And I think that's really important. It's really important that we all do that, you know, no matter what you, whether it's like we said, sitting on the couch and watching Netflix or meeting up with your friends or whatever it is, just make sure you're, you're living life and you're not, you know, getting in your own head and trying to figure out what you're going to do, you know, 10 years from now, just, just kind of be alive and, and enjoy it. And uh, I think that's what he's finally ready to do, thanks to 22. Don't get stuck in the motions. You know, that's yeah. what machines are for. And that's, we're more complicated machines than that. Yep. So, um, did you see the post credit scene where uh, 22 is born? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, she's born in Syria, and Biden fucking bombs her. Oh, so yeah. that was a <laughs> great episode. And then she goes dude. back. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> she goes back to the great beyond. She's like, "God damn it!" I didn't get one bagel. Jerry, Terry, fuck all of you. Oh, speaking of Terry, I wanted to say one thing. When he's looking to find out who Joe is, because he faked uh, who he was as a mentor. Right. Terry makes this comment where he says, "So many Garcias," when he's looking through a bunch of names. 
Yeah, that's right. He does. <sighs> that was a weird comment. Does he mean? I mean, if it's the afterlife, does he mean that? Latino people are dying at disproportionately higher rates than Maybe. other people. I think he just means it's a common last name. <laughs> like I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, say so many Smiths. Fuck, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep true, keep true. that shit weird. out of your mouth, Thierry, or whoever wrote it. Oh, you know who, who was one of the directors of this movie? Was by the way, who? Kemp Powers, the writer of One Night in Miami. Oh yes, yes. And yeah, and obviously writing stuff on Soul. Oh hey, we did. Uh, wow. And Star Trek Discovery. So Kent Powers makes his return back to the Politipop podcast. I don't know why you didn't catch that so many Garcia's line, but um, less than ideal representation stuff aside, which once again I realized I have the the, the immense privilege of saying that. Yeah. Um, I do think that just as an existential movie and something that really gets you know gets you to think about your own fucking life. Uh, you know they have that line about uh, oh you can't crush a soul da- up here that's what life on earth is for <laughs> like oh uh, yeah I actually wrote that down too. it was a great line <laughs> yeah um, but you know I was I was into it you know there are, there are a lot of jokes that we that we didn't mention there so so watch the movie because it's just um it's worth at least two watches <laughs> I got mine least... in I did my part I'm good right. but um but yeah uh, and if you're if if you're satisfied with soul are we watching something next week or are we doing a housekeeping Ty. We will be doing a housekeeping episode. All right. So for those of you who have been like, we love the housekeeping episodes. How come you guys aren't talking about current events and fucking, you know, Biden and blah, blah, blah. Stimuluses and bombing Syria. We want to know more. (laughs) Yeah. We can't give you more. We can't even tell you about credit scores coming around in 1989. But what we we, uh, can tell you to do is um, make sure that you rate and review us if you want to tune in to us next week and listen to that housekeeping. Uh, You can rate and review us wherever you find uh, your podcast but ideally on Apple Podcasts, especially if you want to have your review read at the top of the show. Uh, We do have a YouTube channel where you can like our videos and subscribe to the page. You can find um, some outtakes on there. I'm not sure if I'm going to be making them a regular thing for future episodes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at PolitiPopPod, on Instagram at PolitiPopPodcast. I'm a lost soul doing a podcast. And you can email us at PolitiPopCast at gmail.com. And as always, find our show notes and sources at PolitiPopPodcast.wordpress.com. And special thanks to all of you for listening. Special thanks to Benny and the Jets for your... Uh, for your... Review? Review. That's the word. Thank you. And, uh, and also to Antonia Chava for logo design, who we will have on... When we do it, I don't have an actual date yet, but drumroll. We will have Antonia on for our WandaVision episode. WandaVision? Never heard of it. Yeah, neither have I. It's, a, it's this new thing that Antonia made up specifically. <laughs> She's going to nice. tell us about it. Awesome. Yeah. It's like um, it's like, uh, it's like the Oculus, but, <laughs> but you see through the, the first-person perspective of Cosmo's wife from the Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> That sounds amazing. That's called Wanda. I'm Cosmo. And I'm Wanda. Somebody do this, please. <laughs> That's you. You got suck my magical penis, Wanda. All right. Oh my um, God. <laughs> no, they, they they pretend to be fish most of the time. I'm not sure if a fish is a penis. Uh, but special thanks to all of you and to Antonio Chava for logo design. For the Politipop Podcast, I have been Mike Booch. I have been Ty. Remember, no matter what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're playing, what you're listening to, never stop thinking never stop learning make sure you find your spark get to the zone and always read between the lines and scene all righty